My name is Amir Zabedi. Uh, this is the time of the service where we uh, take communion and uh, remember the Lord. Um, it's been a while uh, since I spoke, so uh, I just pray that uh, uh, God can use me to just encourage you and to um, be able to focus um, on the cross today and uh, that uh, the words that I speak may be encouraging and, and help uh, encourage us mutually. And uh, so, um, I was thinking, you know, uh, as I was preparing this, um, we have, you know, our, we have our uh, offering, you know, our, um, we have the communion offering and we have our Sunday sermon. And uh, I was thinking the purpose of the sermon really is to get us outward focused, like evangelistic. How can we reach out more to, to others and, and practice our, our Christianity better? Then I thought about the purpose of communion is more inward focused. Really, we're kind of reflecting, reflecting and um, on our relationship to God. And uh, so that connection is through Jesus Christ. He's the mediator between us and God in our relationship. And I looked at the word commune. I was uh, just actually the word commune, what it means, because communion comes from the word commune. The word commune means to converse or talk together, usually with profound intensity or intimacy. So to me, that's what communion is, is really for us to have an interaction with God, to, to really kind of remember our relationship with the Lord. And... Um, I also think about it in our ministry, in the church here, I thought about how, you know, the, the, the marrieds and the older Christians in the church are kind of like the pillars of the church. Um, now, Jesus Christ is the foundation, you know, of the church. But I thought about how the marrieds and the older Christians, but then the younger Christians and the youth, I thought about how they're like the lifeblood of our church. And uh, so, um, uh, so, you know, but again, the foundation is Jesus Christ. And the reason I was thinking about that because... Uh, today, in my community, I want to talk about something I've been kind of um, uh, learning in my own life is about unanswered prayers. And that's what I'm going to kind of talk about in communion and kind of how it connects to the Lord. Um, but, uh, you know, when we're young, whether we're young in age or, or Chris, young Christian or, you know, mainly young in age, we're hopeful. We have a lo- lifetime, you know, to go after our dreams and goals. So um, that's why I say the youth is like the lifeblood of our church. When I see the, the teens and the, the youth, you know, it really encourages my heart. It remembers, it reminds me of when I was like their, you know, when I was youth and I was their age. And it kind of gives me more, more hope, understanding, you know. And, um, but, you know, as we get older, we begin to kind of realize maybe some of those dreams and goals may never come to fruition. You know, and, uh, and it can get, you know, discouraging. You know, we think about, wow, you know, I'm getting older. This hasn't happened yet. And, uh, you know, the thing that comes to my mind was, why, God, why didn't you answer that prayer? You know, I've been praying for this for a long time. Why, why, why aren't you answering this prayer, God? You know, you said that you're going to, you know, an, you know, answer our prayers. But actually, God doesn't say in the Bible he's going to answer all of our prayers. <laughs> if you read closely, he says that he's going to take care of us and he's going to keep his promises. But he never says he's going to answer every one of our prayers. There's, there's nowhere in the Bible that says that. But um, when we pray with faith, he does answer, and if, for the right reasons. And uh, I was reading a really great devotional on this, um, uh, and it really kind of um, hit my heart. Um, in the devotional, I, I use this Bible app. has some great devotionals in there, just to let you know. And this one is through the one-year Bible, like reading through the Bible in one year. And it says here, where, um, uh, I took this from that uh, devotional. It says, when our prayers don't seem to be answered, 
it may be that we don't see all the implications that we are asking for. John, John Stott writes that God will answer no if the things we are asking for are either not good in themselves or not good for us or others, directly or indirectly, immediately or ultimately. So it's not even just about if the prayer was an answer that is affecting us, it might be actually affecting other people around us. So God is taking into consideration all these things that we, we don't see, and he knows the future. We don't. So, um, so the, yeah, God knows what's good for us and what isn't. Sometimes we think what's good for us, but no, God knows better. He knows what we need <laughs> and what we don't need at that time. And uh, Bill Heibel writes, if the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right, and the timing is right, and you are right, then God says, go. And that's when he answers the prayer. So I really found that interesting. And it really um, kind of made me think about, okay, there, maybe there's a reason why God is not answering that prayer. And it could be in anything. It could be in our marriage, at our jobs, or our personal health, uh, you know, uh, with our children, uh, you know, with aging parents. You know, my, my wife and I were that in our lives when we've got aging parents and we're kind of, you know, trying to pray and take care of their needs. And, uh, you know, so it could be many different things. And, and uh, so they're, they're, it's not that God doesn't care or he doesn't listen, but sometimes God knows what's something that we know, a lot of things that we don't know. And that's why he doesn't answer the prayer right away or, or he might not actually answer that prayer ever because <laughs> it might not be for the right reasons. Um, also wanted to share with you, um, there's been a class on Genesis that one of our teachers in the church has been teaching, John Oakes, and he, um, he's, um, uh, you know, he's been teaching for like, it's been like a month series, and, uh, and it's cool, we went through the entire book of Genesis, I don't have time to obviously share, you know, a detail what he, he shared with us, but uh, he kind of sk skipped really fast through a lot of the sections of Genesis, and he kind of parked at the end, which is the story of Joseph. And he kind of parked at the end of the book of Genesis. And, um, you know, it's interesting because the story of Joseph, I had no idea that actually he's one of the closest prefigures we have to Jesus Christ. And a prefigure, just to let you know, is kind of like a representation or like a foreshadowing of, by, by another person uh, that resembles somebody else. So I knew about David. was kind of like, you know, David was like a prefigure of Christ, Moses. But I, I never thought about um, Joseph, and some of the things that we learned in that, um, John's lesson was, you know, uh, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers for 20 pieces of silver, similar to Jesus, you know, was, was 30 pieces with Jesus, but uh, he, was, uh, he saved Israel from, like, the famine, so he was, like, you know, God used him to save Israel, uh, and Jesus came to save Israel. He became a king, a ruler of Egypt. He was actually like a prince of Egypt, but Jesus was a king. And then he gave bread, uh, bread to the whole world. Like the entire world came there because of the famine. So uh, Jesus was the bread of life. And then his father, Jacob, received him back from the dead. You know, because he thought he was dead for many years. But he, they found he was alive. You know, Jesus raised to, to, to life. So those are just some of the, some of the things. Um, and, you know, um, he was faced with many disappointments, but he never stopped believing in God's promises. You know, the, in Genesis 40, you can write it down. You know, we read a story kind of how... He's in prison for, for really, he didn't do anything wrong. He was actually trying to be righteous. 
but he's thrown in prison. And um, the thing is that he never gave up on God's promises. He continued to believe that God's going to get him, get him out of that situation. And also, when he was young, the reason he got in trouble with his brothers, he was having these dreams, right? And he's like, hey, I dreamt that you guys all bowed down to me. And I dreamt that the sun and the moon and the stars bowed down to me. And, you know, just kind of like not wise, you know, to do that. But he was just kind of like... Um, kind of bragging, boasting, yeah, God did, you know, I and, you know, God gave this vision to me. But when, um, in, the, when he's in prison, there's a cup baker and a, um, cup bearer and a baker, they have dreams, and he says, I can't interpret dreams, but God will interpret it. When he gets out of prison, he goes before uh, Pharaoh, he doesn't say, I'm going to interpret the dream. He says, I can't do anything, but God will interpret the dream. So we see how Joseph has grown in his faith and giving glory to God, and really just through maturity through this challenging time of really just feeling like, Man, you know, life is just getting me down. And so anyway, um, the, the, the point is that, you know, he, um, he gives glory to God at the end and not to himself. And that's when he's, his faith has kind of come to a, you know, to, uh, is really matured and come to a complete circle. And I wanted to share with you, um, if you could turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And we're going to bring this back to, again, back to Christ, back to Jesus, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So, um, again, just a reminder that, you know, um, God has kept his promises. I was speaking to one of my best friends there, and uh, he reminded me, you know, he reminded me uh, that, you know, we already, we already got the victory. We already got the greatest gift, which is salvation. And, you know, um, through all these challenged times we go through our lives, you know, it's good to remind ourselves, remember that God has already given us the victory, and he's kept his promise, which if we stay faithful, um, he will, uh, in the end, we will be with him in heaven. So um, that's the promise that God has made. And I, and I don't remember a time that I've ever been thirsty or hungry or homeless as a Christian, you know, that God has taken care of all my needs or I've ever been alone or not had people in my life to encourage me and help me. So with that, just, just as we take the bread and we take the cup, let's remember, let's remember Christ and that he's, he's, the, he's the one that made it possible for us to have his relationship with God and remember the promises that God has made. He's kept, he's kept all his, he keeps all his promises. And so when we're discouraged, when we feel like God's not answering our prayers, to remember that, that we already have the victory as Christians. As disciples, we already have the victory. We have salvation. Life in this world is just temporary. But what we have with God is eternal. So with that, let's go in and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for keeping your promises. Thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ, that it's through him, through his sacrifice, that we have this opportunity to take part in communion, to, to be able to interact with you, God, with profound intensity and intimacy, Lord, and to, um, to have a relationship and to remember, God, that you, you have already kept your promise to us, God, and you're going to, you've already given us the victory. And whatever it is we're going through, whether it's health challenges with um, family or jobs, whatever it is, God, help us to remember, just like Joseph remembering he was in prison, that you're, you're not going to abandon us, God, that you're going to keep our, your promise, that you care for us. You care about our needs, Lord. So thank you. With that, as we take, we take the bread and the cup, we, we thank you, Lord for making everything possible. Jesus is the foundation of our faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.